This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Hello and welcome to Ascent Dental Radio, a program dedicated to the balance between the clinical aspect of healthcare and the business of healthcare. And now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Coughlin. Welcome. My name is Dr. Kevin Coughlin, and you're listening to Ascent Dental Solutions with a focus on education, training, and development. I want to thank our sponsors, Mr. David Wolf for his expertise in producing these podcasts, along with his very talented team. I also want to thank Henry Schein, Patterson Dental, Vocal Supply Company, and On Demand Force. Without their support, these podcasts would be difficult, if not impossible. Tonight, I want to speak to you about a guest that we had on a little while ago, Mr. Colin Carr, with an expertise in real estate for well over 20 years. He's located in 40 states, and he is having a focus on uh, real estate for healthcare providers. As most of our listeners know, I'm a dentist, and I speak mostly to dentists, but more and more, I see physicians joining our group to get some business strategies and suggestions and ideas. We all need help in that area. Mr. Carr, thank you so much for joining tonight's podcast. Can you give our listeners a little bit of background about you, your company, and how you got started? Absolutely. Privilege to be here. Thank you. I started in real estate when I was 19. Got out of high school, wasn't sure what I wanted to do as far as college, so I got after it right away. Uh, started managing apartment complexes, did that for a handful of years, got my brokerage license when I was 23, and started working for companies like Walmart, Wendy's, Blockbuster, and over a number of years had the privilege of working for uh, numerous healthcare providers and saw that there was a huge need in the market to protect healthcare providers in their commercial real estate transactions. There was a lot of uh, real estate brokers working for the landlords in the medical and healthcare space, but there was virtually no one that was going after and protecting the doctors. So I started our company, Car Healthcare Realty, in 2009 with a double niche of only healthcare, only tenants and buyers. And we have grown to now over 40 states, and we have the privilege of representing several thousand healthcare providers per year. Well, in case some of the listeners missed our first podcast with you, we've got you back by popular demand, and there were some additional questions that I received on my website 
to follow up with you if I uh, could get you back on the podcast. And in summary, you talked about different strategies, certain mistakes that you consistently see healthcare uh, providers make, but all business people make this. And one of those things is stuck in my mind, just to sort of reminisce a little bit from last podcast, was the fact that we should all have some representation when we're reviewing our lease, someone who's an expert and knowledgeable in the real estate market should be representing us when we're renegotiating a lease, considering buying new property or owning property, or even creating a lease. Is that correct? Absolutely. And that's the exact same methodology and technique that the you know most successful and largest corporations in the world do. If you're a publicly traded company, if you're a Fortune 500 company, if you have a real estate transaction that you're approaching, every one of those companies is going to hire outside representation that specializes in their niche or their industry, or they're going to employ a team of real estate professionals in-house to handle the transaction for the, for the basic understanding of there's too much on the line in every transaction. For, for dentists, for healthcare providers, real estate's typically the second or third highest expense behind payroll. Maybe equipment supplies jump in there. There's just too much on the line not to have a professional strategy, to have professional representation, and to approach every transaction with the understanding that there's tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars that you can either gain or win in your favor, or you can forfeit to the landlord or to the seller. I uh, can recall from last podcast, something that stuck in my mind that I know I've made mistakes uh, personally myself, and not taking a look at other potential landlords when I'm negotiating a lease or looking at a lease. And you mentioned in in summary, perhaps you can uh, just review for our new listeners, how important it is to be negotiating with several landlords to get the best deal. Absolutely. A lot of times people will find one property they like and they'll start engaging a listing broker, landlord, getting information. And then they go after that property assuming that it's the best option for them, but they don't have any ability to measure the economics or the terms of that deal against other landlords or other properties. So that's a huge mistake people make is they think they take one property, they start negotiating and they don't have any understanding of what they could achieve if they went to another property or what it would look like if they compared that lease to a purchase or what other options were in the market that they didn't see because they didn't do the property diligence. And that same scenario happens uh, even more commonly in the lease renewal scenario. Someone's in a space, they've been there for five years, 10 years, 20 years, and their preference might be to stay in that space and not relocate for a number of reasons. But if you go up against your current landlord and you don't have a posture of having other viable options, and if you haven't done your due diligence in the form of bona fide, fully negotiated offers to lease other properties or to look at purchasing another property, you have you have no ability to measure your deal. You have no benchmark. The only benchmark becomes if you feel like you push the landlord far enough, but they're never going to tell you when they've hit their limit and they're never going to give you even a fraction of what you should achieve unless they have the fear they're going to lose you. And you can't get a landlord to have the fear they're going to lose you unless you have viable options that you can show them or prove to them or communicate with them that are that are available to you in the market. I'd like to just take a moment and ask you, I'm both a landlord and I'm a tenant in several different properties here in the Massachusetts area. And one of the things I noticed is sometimes 
I just take that landlord at face value. That landlord tells me A, B, and C, and they can't possibly do D, E, and F. And I'm thinking about your strategy of having additional landlords to negotiate, but I'm sure there are other areas that your experience and expertise could help our listeners with. Can you just uh, get into a little more detail about that landlord, whether we should accept what they say in face value, or maybe we should dig a little deeper? Uh, How would we go about that? Yeah, that's a great question. And this is this is one of the most comical uh, things that happens when we talk to healthcare providers. They'll tell us, you know, I spoke to my landlord and they said that they uh, don't reduce lease rates uh, in a lease renewal. And we usually laugh because we're, when we ask them, so the landlord told you that they have a, a self-imposed policy that they won't do something that would have a huge benefit to you. And instead, it's going to help them make a ton of money did you really believe them? Like, like, is that, (laughs) is that really what you think is real? And they just say, well, that's what they said. And our response is, of course they said that to you because if you believe them, it just saved them tens of thousands of dollars. You know, landlords will tell people, you know, we don't do free rent on deals. That's not true. If the right deal is there and if they want to lease that space, and if they believe if they don't do free rent, they're going to have a vacancy sit there longer, or you might move out of the building. They'll do free rent to make that deal. It's the same thing with tenant improvement allowance. They'll say, well, you know, we don't do more than a certain amount of money in tenant improvement allowance. But if you go to the market and you have two other landlords in that area that you've negotiated with that are willing to give you a higher tenant improvement allowance or more free rent, and you can communicate that to your landlord, they'll change their policy. And so long story short here, landlords are masters at telling tenants, specifically healthcare providers that are not represented that they won't do certain things. They've never done certain things. No one in their building's ever gotten this. They, they, they won't do it. And all they're doing is telling you what they want to happen and hoping you believe them. And the irony is, I mean, typically they're just flat out lying. They're saying, you know, we've never done this. And the reality is several of their tenants in the building have achieved it or other properties they've done it. And so long story short there, you, you can't take a landlord at face value. They're telling you what they want you to do and what they want you to believe. And that's another reason you want to have expert representation because they'll be able to see right through that. Well, I could tell you, you certainly have opened my eyes. Uh, I wished I had had this podcast 20 years ago, but it's never too late to learn. And uh, since I'm still investing and growing my own personal business, uh, I can tell you that there's no question that I'm going to be using some of your expertise and knowledge. I'd like to talk a little bit about these healthcare providers and myself included. Is there something or some strategy or recommendation to determine whether we should be leasing or buying. I think most healthcare professionals are relatively small business owners wearing multiple hats. And I know personally for me, should I buy this property? Should I lease this property? Is there something that your team of experts uh, would help guide us in making those decisions? Absolutely. The number one tool someone can use if they're considering leasing versus purchasing is a very detailed purchase versus lease analysis. And that analysis should look at a number of things, but it should look primarily at three different segments. The first segment is what does it cost from a cash flow standpoint? What am I going to cut a check for to lease upfront per month? What am I going to cut a check for to the mortgage if I purchase? How does it affect the cash flow? 
If you have a scenario where you want to lease and it's 6,000 a month and you want to purchase and it's 20,000 a month, if you don't have the cash flow to even cut that check, it doesn't really matter what the tax deductions or principal pay down might be. You don't have the ability to even get in that scenario. However, let's say that the purchase is maybe a couple thousand dollars more than the lease scenario. You need to go on to the next scenario, which is what does it look like after tax deductions? When you purchase commercial real estate, you get additional tax deductions uh, in several forms. One of those is depreciation. You get to depreciate the real estate. You get to depreciate interior finishes. You can even depreciate concepts like signage or the actual parking lot itself. And so you pick up additional deductions when you purchase that you don't get when you lease. And so you could have a scenario where you're paying more for the purchase, but then you're paying less per month or per quarter in taxes, depending on how you're set up personally. And so you've got to look at it from those, those different areas. What do I cut a check for per month? Then what does it look like after I receive tax deductions? And then the third and the most important area to look at it is what is the principal pay down? The number one reason people purchase real estate is because they want that principal pay down. They want to build equity in the property. And every mortgage is different depending on the term, depending on the interest rate. But let's just say that you're cutting a mortgage check each month for $10,000, you know, $4,000 or $5,000 a month could be going to pay down principal. And so if you had to cut a check, $10,000 to lease, $10,000 to own, and depending again at what level or what year you are in the mortgage, if 3,000 went to principal pay down or four or $5,000, that's a big deal. That means every month that you cut that check to your mortgage lender, your net worth increases by that amount of money. And so it's not just what does it cost up front per month? It's not just what does it look like after tax deductions? It's both of those plus the principal pay down and that's going to give you the full picture. And then you can get into concepts in addition, if you want to, such as what if the property appreciates? Uh, there's all sorts of other non-economic considerations of what if I want to hold on to the real estate and sell just the practice? What if I want flexibility? You know, those concepts. So purchase versus lease analysis, great way to do it. And it gives you a much uh, clearer and a much more detailed perspective on which opportunity makes the most sense for you. That makes good sense to me. If And I know you could be a little biased here, but maybe educate our listeners, uh, since many of them may be new to hiring an expert like yourself to negotiate the lease, to help them determine whether to purchase or to take out a lease. Uh, how do you pick a company like yourself? I'm sure you're not the only company out there, but is there something, uh, some screening process? Is there some questions uh, that you could ask our viewers or educate our viewers in asking as they go out and maybe investigate your field in a little more depth uh, to determine who's going to best represent them and their interests? Absolutely. So you can start with something as basic as a Google search. You could search online and search you know, dental real estate broker or medical real estate broker or veterinary real estate broker. Um, you can look online and see which companies specialize in healthcare. That's a great way to do it. Uh, another way to do it, which you're probably going to get more qualified people right away, is to ask the key partners that you already trust in the market. Ask your CPA, ask your attorney, ask your lender. Who do they know personally? Who have they heard good things about? Ask your equipment supplier, your technology rep. You ask people that you trust, do you know anyone that specializes in healthcare real estate? And oftentimes they'll be able to give you a name or two or three. 
once you get a couple candidates to choose from, you need to have a conversation with them and tell them what you're looking at doing, what questions you have, and then listen to their answers. And you're going to get a, a feeling very quickly for whether the person you're talking to is an expert, if, if you can trust them. And then you get into concepts such as, do you have any conflicts? If I had you represent me in this specific market, do you have any listings where you already worked for the landlord or the seller? If you do, that person can't represent you without a conflict. So you need to find somebody who has an unbiased, conflict-free approach. And your ideal scenario is you find people that other people you trust can vouch for, that when you talk to them, you have a very high level of confidence that you can trust that person to put your interests first, to protect your needs, and that's going to help you capitalize on the transaction. And then on top of that, concepts like conflict-free, not working for sellers, landlords in the area, somebody that understands your industry. If you're a specialist, they understand what you do. Those are all those are all increased benefits on top of it. Well, once again, I cannot thank you for educating not just myself, but our listeners. Uh, Mr. Carr, is there a way our listeners can get in touch with you and your company or your agents if they have additional questions uh, or they'd like to uh, have you represent them? Absolutely. The best way to contact us is our website, and that is car.us, C-A-R-R.us. We have a resources tab on our website that has dozens of educational articles, frequently asked questions, commercial real estate glossary, a tremendous amount of information that's very educational. Uh, In the upper right-hand corner of every page on our website, we have a find an agent tab. If you want to get a hold of someone in your local market and start a conversation with them, you can do that very quickly. And then also we have a tab for a free evaluation. And what this is, if you have a lease in place and you want to know how does my lease compare to the current market, uh, if I were to look at purchasing, what would that look like in comparison? If I want to renew or if I want to relocate, what are my options and what does the market bear? We'll do a very detailed market analysis so you know exactly how your current terms compare to the market, what time you should start your next transaction, and we give you a lot of tips and tricks on top of that. Well, I I just can't thank you enough. I can tell you that I've learned an enormous amount on the two podcasts that you've been so kind to and generous with your time. My name is Dr. Kevin Coughlin. You've been listening to Ascent Dental Solutions with a focus on training, education, knowledge, and development. I want to give a shout out again to Mr. David Wolf and his team of podcast experts. Without their knowledge, uh, these podcasts could not be produced. And our sponsors, uh, Henry Shine, Patterson Dental, Vocal Supply Company, and On Demand Force. I want to give, again, a special shout out to Mr. Carr. Trust me when I tell you I've been a general dentist for 38 years. I've owned multiple properties, as many as 30 and as few as three. And the knowledge and information that Mr. Carr and his company can give you can save you not only tons of money, but an enormous amount of reduction in stress and aggravation. We think nothing of uh, going to our specialists, whether it's in medicine or in dentistry, to get advice and help. And we have a specialist here uh, when it comes to real estate. And uh, my suggestion is reach out to Mr. Carr and his company for their expertise and knowledge. Colin, thank you so much for your help. And listeners, thank you for taking your time. I hope you enjoyed tonight's podcast and I look forward to speaking to you in the near future. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.